What? <laughs> Make sure on stream. <laughs> I just found my new favorite GIF. <laughs> if you could pop up that tweet on stream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. You know what? I was talking Ooh. about doing this anyway, so let's do. We have, we have fun here. We have the funnest of fun. Oh, God. Oh, not tired at all. We'll get through this. It's fine. I'm counting on you. Get through I, I hope not. <laughs> when did I say I'm reliable and dependable? I don't think those words together have ever come out of your mouth. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate you. I mean, in the in in that succession at the same time is kind of what I oh, meant. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Gotcha. Sure, let's do this. Let's do that. Fine. It's fine. Our friendship's not different now or anything. Not at all. Just want to make sure I'm not cutting too much of you or me or do that. Yeah, if you can lean over like there's a mosquito in your room, that'd be. I'll just be over <laughs> just here. Just saunter somewhere. Do, 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 do. I'll just be over here. It's fine. I'll be uh, looking over here half good, the good. time and be like, "What's he All looking right. at?" Let's see this. This, oh my god, it's a good gif. Edge has got some of the greatest facial expressions ever. From a wrestling standpoint, absolutely. <laughs> From what other standpoint would he not? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Does he hold up against actors? He is an actor. Yeah, but well, that's and not even I mean, in I... the ring. Like, like he's that's got fair. a he's got a resume. But you said from a wrestling standpoint. It's you like, said or, from a wrestling standpoint. I wanted to know. You said in wrestling, which would then equate it to being from a wrestling gonna, standpoint. Would gonna, it not? I'm going to have to check the tape. Mm. have to check the tape on that one. No instant replay, baby. Yep. And even when we have it, you can't change the decision. <laughs> <laughs> it needs, it needs yeah. undeniable. Uh, even, even with proof, screw you. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to the second Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you include that first part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's our cold open. Uh, over there to my right, on well, to my left on screen, but to my, this is my right shoulder. That's why I'm confused. What is going on? Fighting out of the blue corner. <laughs> it's Toogie24. It is. I'm Crash Hi. Andrews, by the way. I forget to introduce myself because Toogie's way more important to this whole dog and pony show than I am. Uh, you, you are just correct. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, this is going to be an interesting show because usually we we talk back and forth. I know you've had a day. I've had a little bit of a day myself. So we're we're mm. we don't have an outline as much uh, with this show, but. It tends, uh, with the podcast, it tends to take a mind of its own as it progresses. So we will mm -hmm. start with chat. Uh, we are uh, live on uh, twitch.tv slash Crash Andrews. Uh, we'd probably get more viewership if Tugi did it, but he doesn't want to, so that's fine. 
<laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> nah. Nah. It's just, you know. People would get more stre- sick of you. Streaming's a part of my job. Yes. And Twitch would punish me for deviating from my normal stuff by saying, oh, you're inconsistent. We're not going to pay you as much money now. Speaking of which, I got to switch As much as I love you and love talking (laughs) about wrestling, I love this roof over my house that much more. (laughs) Translation, fuck you, it's about the money. (laughs) It is. Oh, in this instance, it is. I love it. it. You You don't do the podcast for the money. The podcast is for the love of the game. Yeah. But, uh... The Twitch that it, when Twitch gets it's involved. not number one on the podium. <laughs> yeah, and also notice uh, I don't have my uh, sub count on my screen. I don't know if you guys saw on on. I'll plug my Twitter underscore Andrews Crash underscore Andrews. Uh, I was watching a streamer and he was like, "Oh, they don't, you know, the, the, the turbo's going up and you know uh, the, the payout's going down and blah blah blah." Meanwhile, he's got like his sub count. I don't. Uh, Twitch sucks. As he's got his sub count on Twitch on his overlay. I thought it was hilarious. Um, Broken yeah. Wheelchair. Broken Wheelchair asks a wrestling question. Uh, what was the last title change that legitimately surprised either of you? That's, that's part A. He's got another question. So, which title change... We can go... As far as I'm concerned, we can go any fed. You can go overseas if you need to. I'm not. I know which one it is, but I'm going to... If you need time to think, I can run with my answer. Well, so I, I thought I was going to, and then you said if I had to like go overseas for the answer. I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, what what's the first one that comes to mind, and then can I think in that range of mm-hmm. then to now for another one that's more shocking? Go right ahead and um, and do your do your uh, the first one that comes to mind, and then I'll answer, and that gives you a chance to to think about any others. So the first one that comes to mind for me uh, is overseas, as you might suspect. And it is when Okada won his first uh, IWGP heavyweight title over Hiroshi Tanahashi. The reason is that was the catalyst for me saying, oh, I need to watch this stuff. Um, Because New Japan at the time was a lot more difficult to track down. Uh, unless you were looking stuff up on Daily Motion, or Lord knows I would never, ever go the torrenting route for something that was readily unavailable in my country before the rise of VPNs. I would no, never we, do. We do not promote such a thing. that. We do not promote that not. here on this stream. Never ever. I have never sailed the high seas. Um, it was very very difficult to follow along, and even then, in the next. A couple of years, it still became difficult. Like New Japan was running on like Ustream and stuff like that. It was it was wild before New Japan World was a thing. Um, all of that to say, essentially at the time, this was 2012. Uh, the you know first two months of 2012, it went from here is this guy who was an impact, who was a joke essentially. Now that was not supposed to be Okada's, known as Okato's role in uh in new japan and shout out to ben verlander who's going to be like hmm baseball and yet here we are talking about wrestling nonsense crash i'll give you a second to address that if you care to actually go ahead do it do it now explain to people why you're not talking about baseball did i did i not update my i i hit done you did (laughs) oh it it shows and talk shows and podcasts but yeah you know ben 
Ben, so Ben has a very successful podcast about baseball. Yes. In in a amazing uh, flip here, we have not as successful podcast about wrestling. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, Ben, we love you. Thank you for the 65. If you guys love wrestling, uh, please stick around. If you don't, I don't blame you for leaving right away. <laughs> Yeah, or stick- mo- at least crash. At least most of them got hit with an ad immediately. Yes, so uh, so that that's nice. So I figured out. Remember uh, last week, I was like, Ben, we love you, appreciate you. You are the best Verlander of them all. Um, remember how I was complaining that I I heard a sound. I know what it is. It is for some reason I've got my um uh, when somebody uses their prime to sub. Uh, I've got that on my alert for raids. So it's it's actually Optimus Prime saying Prime, but super slowed down. Because Prime. Sounds almost like Megatron. Good alert. But yeah. Good alert. Anyways, uh, if you got stuck in a pre-roll, we're doing a uh, a wrestling podcast. Uh, we probably will play some... Ba- we were playing baseball earlier. We love Ben Verlander. Uh, hopefully you love us. Uh, Tugi, you were talking about Okada, right? I was. Uh, and and a surprise championship. Uh, feel free to continue if you can yeah. try and make it my s- as seamless as possible. <laughs> I will inc- continue my incredibly nerdy story. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's be honest, though. You're on Twitch watching a, a, a sport. I, you're, you're a nerd anyway. Whether or not you're watching a wrestling podcast on Twitch, watching someone play MLB, as, yeah. as we so often do crash on this platform, the people that watch us are absolute nerds, just like ourselves. You have uh, to be a nerd to be like, hey, I'm going to watch a video game stream. There's some that aren't absolute nerds, but they're still nerds nonetheless. Uh, uh, you know, Joseph, uh, you anyway. know what, Joseph, because you bring that up, we can we can uh, talk about that in a little bit. That's actually a really good topic. Mm. The rules. Yeah, the rules. <laughs> The rules of wrestling, wrestling I would disagree. <laughs> I would disagree about that being a good topic because there's just no right answer because it just doesn't it just doesn't exist. Well, it, but it, anyway, it creates a segue for me once you're done. So fair enough. Anyway, yes. So Okada, complete joke in TNA. They're like, oh, no, we'll take him. It's fine. We'll build him up into something and it'll be cool. And then they didn't because it was TNA slash now known as Impact Wrestling. And they uh, dropped the ball on virtually everything that they've ever done. Which is Was great. Uh, but basically, he goes back to New Japan, uh, has a pretty meh match at that year's Wrestle Kingdom. And then at the end of the show, Tanahashi kept his title and he comes out there, goes face to face with Tanahashi, challenges him, and the crowd audibly laughs. Because they're like, what? Why? What are you? What? What is this? We don't want to see this. This guy's a nobody. What the hell's the matter with you? That leads to the next month. Uh, Okada fucking beats him, and it was cool as shit. It was one of the best crowd reactions I think I've ever seen, um, and that was the match that really set it up for me to be like, yeah, I need to, I need to find a way to fall in New Japan more frequently. And that was eleven years ago now, and I'm trying to think if there is another moment before or after that. I mean, I think it was the question was the most recent. I don't think the it was most recent. Yes, the question was the most recent, and that still might be. The most recent uh, shock title change uh, that I can recall. So I, I think for me, 
obviously not having uh, overseas knowledge or anything like that. For me, it's Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. The uh, mm. the cash in. There. Um, kind of having the, the background of watching wrestling and, you know, you can kind of see how things were lining up. You don't go into WrestleMania with the Money in the Bank briefcase without a plan to cash in at WrestleMania. I don't think it's ever happened that somebody's gone past WrestleMania. Some people have done that um, night of when they've won it. Some people have waited to the next day, the next week, a couple months. Uh, some people have announced that they're going to cash in at WrestleMania. But Seth Rollins had a match earlier on, on the card against Randy Orton, which had one of the most amazing finishes in professional wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Agreed. The fact that Seth Rollins lost that match started planting this idea in my head of he lost, which means he put over somebody else and is going to now win the championship. And now it looks like the person that beat him, Randy Orton didn't need that rub, but on the same token, uh, because he lost it, I was like, he could, but is he going to do it tonight? He had his match, blah, blah, blah. Go through. I really enjoyed the entire pay-per-view, uh, except for, you know, a give or take a thing here, a thing there. Um, and then you get into two hosses that nobody wants to see at that time go at it in Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. It was an okay match, good back and forth. You know, it, it had its decent pacing. And then there's a spot where they're both uh, knocked on the ground. They're taking their time. And all of a sudden, Seth Rollins' music plays. And it was perfection. It was absolutely the right time for it to happen. Seth Rollins runs down. I would say if you had to find a fault in the entire spot, it was the referee. And I think the referee knew what he was doing to build up the suspense, right? Because he was taking his, like, are you sure you want to cash? No? Okay. Are you sure you want to, you do? Okay. You know, like double checking. And Rollins is just losing his mind. Mm. And, a, and a couple minutes later, you, you get the finish of Seth Rollins winning a match he wasn't originally in. Um, just absolute, just was a fantastic finish to a WrestleMania. Um, I would throw in there the Jericho before he actually won the title, but winning the title, but having it pulled back. Uh, Jeff Hardy winning the title um, mm. and pulling it back on Raw. Uh, not necessarily the same one, but I believe both were against Triple H, and it was around the, the Helmsley-McMahon era where... Triple H, speaking of rules, he just made them up as he went. Um, but those were really cool out-of-left-corner title changes-ish that, uh, that were very surprising. But uh, Seth Rollins winning the title at WrestleMania, uh, cashing in the money in the bank, uh, is easily... I put it up there with the NWO. I put it up there with the birth of the NWO as far as one of the coolest surprises in wrestling. That's fair in terms of twists, yes. Yeah. In terms of how, obviously, in terms of like how monumental it was, the impact overall. Oh, again, in the yeah, moment, absolutely in the moment. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, the question was most recent, of course, too. Obviously, you start going further back, and you can get into uh, some pretty crazy title changes, like you said. But and not just for world titles, obviously, too. But those are kind of the ones that kind of jump out 
uh, top of mind. Like, I can't think of an intercontinental title change that surprised me. Or like mm. a European, oh, European championship, uh, Shawn Michaels <laughs> dropping it to Triple H in Philadelphia. Mm. <laughs> All mm. places. Uh, the other question that uh, uh, Broken Wheelchair had, if I can scroll back up, was, was Macho Man Randy Savage the best promo in wrestling history? I would say yes, and I would make an argument against my own answer. Elaborate. I'm intrigued. Okay. So, it really felt like Mach was allowed to just run as he went. Like, that era, they probably gave him pointer notes and just let them run. And now we're kind of into an era, or have just gotten out of an era, of scripted material. So, um, I love everything Macho Man Randy Savage did during his career. Uh, there's, I don't see even, I'm even trying to think of like, what would be a bad thing he did? And I think he excelled at basically everything that he was given. Uh, his character had just the perfect amount of everything a wrestler should be, as far as I'm concerned. The argument I would make is I know that if I was too busy doing something uh, and I found out that The Rock was doing a promo, I would run. I'd run to the TV, turn it on. Um, there's guys who have had moments, such as uh, the second guy we don't necessarily talk about, Phil, uh, had one of the most iconic promos of all time. Mm -hmm. So, in as much as I would absolutely say yes he is the best promo of all time randy macho man savage i even have this like but <laughs> there are there are others right. that absolutely excelled that it's a very close who's one who's two who's three who's four there's there's a bunch that are in that upper echelon so joseph had a really good point uh, in regards. He said he'd mentioned uh, Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham or Ric Flair. Uh, and for me, it was kind of weighing that factor, like you said, of like, oh, if someone's cutting a promo on TV, I need to watch. It's also the idea of who the most imitated happens to be, which was a big conversation last week when news of superstar Billy Graham's passing went out just the idea of okay who has been who has the most copied promo style it is him mm -hmm. do you judge it in terms of believability in which case someone like dusty Rhodes could be in that argument for the best of all time his name popped is, in my head yeah do you judge it based off of quotability and how well they kind of seeped into the mainstream lexicon for lack of a better term. Like there are people who haven't watched wrestling in their fucking lives who know Ric Flair, who know the woo. Yep. There are people and Randy Savage is right up there as well. There are people who have never seen a Randy Savage match. They know who the fuck Randy Savage is. They can quote the guy. So it's just, there's, there's so many different right. kind of layers to that of like, well, just how do you judge it? If someone wanted to name Randy Savage as the greatest promo of all time, I couldn't necessarily disagree based off of you know, hitting the mark with quite a few of those factors. So just based on what you were saying about like the quotability and everything, mm -hmm. 
um, one of the more uh, attention-getting promos, I would put Hogan in there, even though his his promos were just yelling and let me tell you something mean, Gene, and eat your vitamins, say yeah. your prayers, that kind of thing. Like, it was repetitive. Um, but he is up there. But he... For those reasons. You, you definitely got sucked in by the... Uh, the intensity that he brought. Um, I am actually shocked that neither one of us uh, said Jericho. Because Jericho in WCW was a better promo than a wrestler and worked on his wrestling to match where his promo was. Because Jericho could... He, he put Ralphus on the map. You know, like, there's... There's a guy who could take, he, throughout his career, he has taken the dumbest things and made them into the most amazing, like a list, like a scarf. Um, Plant. Yeah. Like he, as far as being able to do a lot with not very much. I would put Jericho way up there. You give him a uh, a microphone. Even when he... Man, like when he came back and didn't say anything, you're telling me that you didn't want to see the next time he came out just in case he did say anything or why he was doing it? Like, there was something about not saying anything that was compelling. Uh, uh, almost to a like of uh, of Sting. Like, there uh, again, apples and oranges. One character versus the mean. other, but the getting silence over was mm. absolutely amazing. So I'd, I'd put Jericho in that upper echelon as well, even though, you know, you don't put Jericho on the same level as a Ric Flair or a Randy Macho Man Savage. Like, those guys are legendary, whereas, and I don't know if it's recent uh, bias or not, because he's still wrestling versus guys who aren't with us anymore or... Hall of Famers, or, or, like, Jericho's going in the Hall of Fame when he's done. But, mm. um, yeah, uh, Jericho, I think, gets, uh, should get way more love than he does in this topic. Yeah, I don't disagree. And it's funny you mentioned uh, Jericho going into the uh, Hall of Fame. In my mind, I'm like, he's already in the Observer Hall of Fame. <laughs> Do you know when he was voted into the Observer Hall of Fame? No. 2010. Jesus. 2010, people already deemed it as like, yeah, this guy's a Hall of Famer. And they're right. Yes. Think about what he's done now in the last 12, 13 years to add to that. So th that's quite interesting because you could, if you could segment, okay, so WCW, Chris Jericho, mm -hmm. WWFE, Chris Jericho, AEW, Chris Jericho. Mm. Arguably, Three Hall of Fame careers. Arguably. WCW, no. But he was part of a division that succeeded while getting crapped on. He yes, was he but you you don't hmm. I I get I get the argument. I get the absolute argument. Wasn't he okay in WCW? Tell me when you found out that it was him that was the millennium man that you didn't want to see that first time he came out in WWE and they put him up against The Rock. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't do that unless they actually want to squash a guy. 
or their Cody Rhodes. Or <laughs> at WrestleMania. Billy Gunn. Um so yeah, like I said, I would I'd make the argument that now I'm talking about WWEF Hall of Fame, which currently has the Godfather. <laughs> and like uh, you don't need to go down the list of people who are yeah. in the Hall of Fame that make it laughable. So I would say that in the WWE Hall of Fame, he has three Hall of Fame careers. I am going to leave it at that. Like, I'm not going to argue, well, what if it was this Hall of Fame? Yeah, if it's that Hall of Fame, WCW, he doesn't have a sniff. But but the three, if you could segment his career, WCW, WWE, WWF, and what he's done with AEW, Hmm. I think the three... Uh, definitely, uh, he's got three different careers that could actually go in as individual careers. And there's, I mean, again, for me, it's just the WCW side of things. He, the, the first half of his career in WCW was very meh, very bland. They had him as the most generic, the lion tamer possibly have. (laughs) It wasn't until he finally got a chance to do that heel run where he was actually interesting. So yeah. I don't think, for me, if you're like, okay, WCW, WWE, AEW, and if you even wanted like a miscellaneous category to include New Japan, um, I don't think you could have the WCW portion of his career be Hall of Fame worthy uh, for the sole purpose of it. Just they did not utilize him anywhere near to his full potential for the entirety of the first half of his time there no argument whatsoever also owen thanks for the follow um so on that standpoint just because you know we do have another question there but it kind of just popped in my head just based on what we're talking about jericho and segmenting into the threes is there anybody else that jumps out to mind that had an amazing career in uh, any and again, I say to you in any federation because you do have the the overseas knowledge that you could segment two, maybe three careers and still put them into the Hall of Fame. Because there's uh, Hogan, obviously. I don't know if you do Flair in his WWE run. So for Hogan, what would you would three different career like elaborate on that? So when they go to different companies. I wouldn't be like okay, the, so all the, like the biker undertaker versus the dar- the dead man undertaker. Like in this in I mean you could make that argument, but in this scenario I would say had a Hall of Fame career here, went to different company, had a Hall of Fame career separate from mm-hmm. and then had a you know two or three companies and like the list is very short that I would say three. The list the list is short for two yeah is the is the issue like you know the fact that you're saying like yeah jericho was he in the conversation for three even the the two is exclusive company right uh because stone cold steve austin does not have a hall of fame career in two different companies no he would be in the hall of pretty good to very good in wcw certainly in the hall of holy shit were you underutilized by that company right alongside eddie guerrero and chris jericho but yeah, in terms of Mick you know, Foley. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Like I you know, it depends on how strict you are to the definition of Hall of Fame career. But in terms of the idea of three companies, 
that that's a hell of a that's a hell of an argument in terms. The other side too, though, is that we haven't really had three companies, right? Mm. Uh, Arbucks, thanks for the the sub. Yeah, One year. So Jesus, you would have you would have to be debating like modern time. Obviously, it would be like okay, WWE, AW, or you know, still if you wanted to include like WWE, WCW in modern time. Then you have to start getting into the conversation of, okay, considering the NWA pre-Ted Turner buying WCW as its own thing, like yeah. Jim Crockett promotions, you would have to consider the AWA, which gets pretty difficult. I mean, you know, I, I, I think there'd be some people who would say, at least the arguments there, okay, did Hogan have a Hall of Fame or the career in the AWA alone and then WWE and then WCW? Which again is why three is absurd. Right. Two was already difficult to have that on its own. And then AJ mentioned, like, do you consider Impact a worthy enough thing to be like, okay, here's this Hall of Fame level career from someone from a TNA perspective? And I think that argument is there that that company's worthy because you would have the conversation surrounding someone uh, like AJ Styles and what he did in Impact slash TNA for 13 years. Would that have landed him in like the Observer Hall of Fame, potentially? Um, so it's so, it's tough, right? Because Chris, Christian's been mentioned in chat, and it's like okay, like WWE, TNA, AEW. He hasn't yeah, been yeah, there yeah. long enough yet. I think I think the more we dig into it, the more we can kind of make a like uh, Phil's name came up in chat. I think mm. you could give him that ish. That's a one and a half. I don't think he's really quite there. And he's got a long it's, way to go to uh, uh, to clean it up in in the second company. But well, we I figured we'd talk about that too, and that's kind of the perfect segue. But I'll let you finish your thought. The the one that just popped in my head, and we can just run through it quickly. And because you've got the overseas knowledge, would you would you put AJ into a three category based on what he did in New Japan? Because you would in a hundred percent in TNA Impact. I would make the argument that he's on the right side of the line in WWE at this point, what he's been able to do in his time there. So could you, could you put him in? And again, we can use the WWE Hall of Fame guidelines-ish, which is a little bit looser, but however you want to run with it, would, would AJ oh, Styles like make a, a Hall of Fame career based on his uh, New Japan resume? It, it was too short. It was a really, really good run. It was too short, though, for his run. Um, so it was more Kawhi Leonard than it was Vince Carter. Yes. There you go. Sure. You want to make that uh, that very Canadian-centric eh? comparison? <laughs> it is on point, though. Yeah. Like, it was... His New Japan run was fantastic. I mean, the... Uh, you know, holding the championship, the match with Shinsuke Nakamura was was legendary to the point where once it was like, oh, they're going to have a match at Mania? Oh, my God. And then they were allowed to go at like 30% speed for that match. And that's right. one of the most disappointing matches I've ever seen. Um, Neely mentioned uh, Muda. And Muda's in there for at least two companies. There is a potential argument for him. I mean, Jesus, when it comes to you know, obviously, like New Japan's the big company that he is most associated with. His WCW NWA run, you could kind of make that argument. And then, obviously, he had stints with with Noah and All Japan. Like mm -hmm. he he might be at the foremost of like people in the conversation of three, uh, gotcha. Hall of three separate 
Hall of Fame careers, as you mentioned. It's a it's an interesting topic because there's a lot of different ways to look at it. So we talked about Phil twice, and it sounds like you want to talk about Phil again, AEW Phil. And and I believe for good reason, so I, I will give you where where do you want to go with Phil? Well, so, you know, you kind of mentioned that, and obviously now we we know, like, it, it's happening, unless it's not happening, and then it doesn't happen, but it's probably going to happen. Uh, they announced last night on Dynamite, uh, as we every, pretty much everyone paying attention on the online portion. By the way, try try to disengage from that. I promise you'll enjoy wrestling more. Lord knows I do. Um, but they are going to run that first episode of Collision at the United Center, and you do not book the United Center unless it's Forbidden Door, or unless CM Punk's coming back in Chicago. Um, so yeah, he who shall not be named, we're going to have to drop that nickname because, hey, he's coming back. And depending on how the second half of his AEW run goes, that will determine the legacy of it. He will always have what happened last year um, looming overhead yeah. when, when his legacy is brought up. That'll always be looming overhead for him um but it is an exciting time they have collision coming up you'll be going to mm -hmm. a collision not taping but an airing a show later on this year in calgary i mean i'm going to dynamite in boston in july uh they have double or nothing this weekend which i am pretty excited for it's not the most hyped i've ever been for an aew card it's it's got some good stuff on there, though. Um, particularly that Anarchy in the Arena match. Uh, a reunited elite against Blackpool Combat Club. That's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a pay-per-view that has got its moments that I'll probably watch. But it's not like... Like... I don't know. I've always said that I've wanted like the anarchist Blackpool Combat Club to come out. And now that they're kind of there, it's kind of lost its luster on me because they didn't do it sooner. Well, that's that's the big issue, I think, that a lot of people will have with this card is, yeah, they go three months without a pay-per-view. Yeah. Back in the day, that's not a big deal. No. Modern times, after 25 years of conditioning, more than that, um, yeah, almost 30, really. Um, because, yeah, WCW started up with four or five pay-per-views at the end of the 80s into the early 90s. Yep. And then, obviously, it was 95. Yeah, 95. The WWE started doing the in-your-houses. Right. And started doing one every month. So you're talking about, essentially, for my entire lifetime now, as a 29-year-old man, um, there has been a weekly pay-per-view from WWE for the past... 29, 28, 29 years. Monthly, not uh, weekly. Uh, a month, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Jesus, weekly. Uh, it feels like it. Let's well, be honest. Okay, three so... Three-hour Raws. Hey! You know what? Um, what what popped in my head really quickly is is we technically have the equivalent of weekly pay-per-views with Raw, with... And we used to only get one a week, and now we're getting into three uh, of each brand, right? Mm -hmm. Like... It's getting to that point, whereas you, you talk about the late 80s when pay-per-view, you know, closed circuit television and uh, ordering from home and getting the scrambled version if you didn't pay for it and you can listen to it, um, among other 
versions of pay-per-view. Um, you know, you had the weekly shows were jobber shows. Mm. And it was that's how they built the the stories. The stories were I mean, if they ever went back to that, wrestling would die. Like we're now at this point where you have to see Randy Orton versus some somebody else who maybe doesn't have a storyline set up um, and you hope he wins. But then the other guy comes out and, you know, after three months, the feud is over, but they've had three matches. They've had the win. The other guy wins. And then you have the rubber match ish. It happens every once in a while that it's only a one and done or whatever. But, you know, I mean, it's at the point where if dynamite. Like, cause I saw that heading into this week, a lot of people were like, what do you mean? There's only three matches instead of four or four matches instead of five. And what do you mean? It's not John Moxley against Kenny Omega on dynamite. And you're giving us these two mid carters. How dare you? Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough to put the toothpaste back in the tube mm-hmm. in regards to how people have been conditioned to view the weekly shows. And then the structure of the pay-per-views, the consistency of the pay-per-views. Uh, it's it's not easy. And I, I definitely think they have been harmed by it being three months, almost three and a half since their last pay-per-view. I mean, it feels like three months ago that MJF and Brian Danielson had that Iron Man match. It feels like longer than three months ago, if anything. Like that felt like that could have happened last summer, really. So uh ajs do you think aew needs a cable subscription like peacock for pay-per-views i would say where aew is right now that would actually be uh counterproductive for them i think they're still in that building mode they're not on the same level as wwe as far as number of shows um I'm sure they're making enough money to grow, but they're not making WWE money by any stretch of the imagination. WWE's at that point where it was the only logical move for them to do versus, um, I think sooner or later we will get it, but I, I don't think that it happens in like the, even the next year or two. I think we're like three years away from an AEW model like Peacock or like the network was in the US, what it still is in, in Canada. But I, d- I don't think they've got the content yet, enough content to make it work. And I just, I think they actually need the income from charging people 50 bucks or 60 bucks to make a go they of would, it. They would have to get a good enough deal from Max, essentially, formerly HBO Max, of course. Dumbest fucking title change. <laughs> we talked about shocking title changes. That's the dumbest title change. Um <laughs> It, it would be better as a consumer because Bleacher Report fucking sucks. And that is the avenue that I have to go through to watch these pay-per-views. Um, that said, it would be much easier if it's just like, hey, here's... Get it on Max. And you can watch it with the cost of your subscription. But yeah, they would have to pay AEW enough to make that worth it to offset what they would lose from the pay-per-view cost in the first place. Yeah, so, to make it make... You, it, at least a little bit away. I think you'd have to take a share of the people that just are getting Max for like the, the Warner Brothers movies versus, you know, getting it for But then you have to give up f- enough for the people who are just getting the Warner Brothers movies and don't want the wrestling. Like, it just, I, I don't see it being the right move for them right now. 
mm. but the 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 standards already set so sooner or later it should happen it's going to happen as long as and i'm not saying that i think that they won't be around in two or three years but i, I still think that they're they're two or three years away from content enough content to run a 24-hour channel enough content to run um a on-demand service but also the viewership and the just even the desire from the wrestling community i still it's not 1a 1b it is still 1 2 even though you know people want to say AEW i'd argue AEW is a better product but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're making enough money to make a go of it to have a channel or a right. uh an on-demand service to match so uh yeah. just just to swing back to the whole because I, I love that topic. That uh, I don't know where that actually came from to be. Oh, it was Jericho. Um, Isn't it always? Yeah, it's all about Jericho. Uh, Crockett and WCW, do they count as two different companies? I would argue yes, because it was NWA to start and kind of just transitioned into WCW. That's right. sooner yeah, or later, I, I, right? Two two different eras. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think they would would qualify. Uh just to just to put a timestamp on this of when we're recording. Uh even though uh what's his face isn't on the, the team anymore. Uh Dallas Stars are not going home. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the game there. So Um I will say though, AEW wise, because we can stay on that topic. Yeah. Um the thing I am most hyped about is fight forever was given that release date of the end of june and they did a stream uh, with one evil uno and orange cassidy showing off more of the gameplay my god i'm gonna have so much fun with this video game so it is exactly what i wanted it to be yeah and you and i've had some uh, interesting discussion uh about you know some of the complaints and you know the graphics and and blood and and all of that stuff that's going to be available with this game and every time we, we talk about it, we bring up No Mercy. And that, mm -hmm. that was the blueprint. This is what they're going oh, for, was, which is interesting to an old man like myself because the No Mercy was not an arcade game. It was the most realistic wrestling mm -hmm. game we had at the time. So right. to now call it an arcade game and it's, you know, it won't have the, the best graphics. It'll have entertaining uh, animation graphics um blood looks like it if you have it on which you can turn it off but if you have it on it looks like it's gonna flow like almost every episode of dynamite <laughs> um, can get nuts. yeah so i think the expectation of this game again to go head to head with anything wwe produces like this is going to be more all-stars than it is 2k Right, it's right. gonna be it's, it's, it's gonna be more animated. Thing. It's the same thing as the product itself. It's like, why, why try it's to reverse. make a game like Two K has? Why try to present a product like WWE presents? Be that alternative, and they're doing that from the gameplay perspective of this video game. They're doing that on a weekly basis, where they're just like, yeah, we'll fucking bring Sabu out on dynamite for no fucking reason essentially why not that's what we've always done 
which I like personally, by the way. I mean, again, I mentioned this on my stream last <laughs> oh night when God. I was asked about like, oh, hey, it's a Sabu, huh? Um, it's just that idea of AW throughout their time. It's always been like, oh, here's this fucking random name from wrestling's past that's just here. Cool. Like when they were, t uh, I believe, yeah, it's when they were teasing like, oh, who's the leader of the Dark Order? And during a random match, someone was fighting in the crowd and then they're just like, is that Raven? <laughs> and it just shows Raven sitting in the background watching the match with his arms crossed. And it's like the internet freaks out. Like he's gotta be the fucking leader of the dark order. Like it was just cool shit like that. Whereas WWE is like, we have a legends night. Cause we need a spike in the ratings. It's Isn't always the same fun? guys though. It's Teddy always, long. Whoa. Teddy Long's going to say holla holla player. And then Ron Simmons is going to say, damn. And you're going to come. <laughs> wrestling it's like no that, not for me at least i i prefer sabu to rarely uh to randomly just be like yeah i'm gonna be the special enforcer for chris jericho versus adam cole why because i fucking can be point so why not i don't i don't think anything i've seen in wrestling made me just automatic never mind um yeah the not sabu yet. thing this, yeah, the sabu thing was completely left field. And I, I get, like, Shivani as he's walking. Oh, he's got history with Jericho. And I'm like, yeah, but history that nobody really talks about. Because it was, I don't, I, I wasn't a big ECW guy when Jericho was in ECW. So, like, again, that's, that's not a mainstream, like, the reason Warrior returned to WCW made more sense than Sabu showing up on a random AEW thing because there was a feud in the past. Yeah, but at the same time, I like that they at least try to just be like, yeah, fuck it. They, they, there was a thing once. But like, again, it's, it's <laughs> the investment into it in the payoff. And I'm like, so Adam Cole's just got Sabu's phone number hanging around. Like <laughs> it didn't make any sense like red dragon coming back because who knows what they're doing right now like bobby fish is probably serving filet fish is in some mcdonald's drive-thru right now like that's just rude well what is he doing like to I get care exactly <laughs> exactly fair no but like there's so many other options there's so many and then it's just it's sabu and then you you read your twitter feeds and you realize what kind of piece of crap who is outside of the ring probably in the yeah. ring too um he uh you know he's one of the most entertaining professional wrestlers and you know if anybody i don't want to say if anybody deserves to be an ass in real life it's him but i i've got all the respect in the world for anybody who sacrificed for entertainment and he has sacrificed for entertainment but again you can't if you are mad at Hulk Hogan for dropping N-words and, and all that stuff, then eh, how does Sabu get a pass? That is all I'm going to say. Because he also dropped F-words and not fuck. <laughs> mm. So, that's it. That's, you know, I'm just looking at your face right now. I'm like, we could have a whole show just arguing about Sabu and his... <laughs> No, we couldn't, because I don't even like the guy. It's just fucking funny that he just randomly showed up on Wednesday. So, so I was thinking, okay, so instead of the guys we can't talk about, there's Chris. Mm. There's yeah. Phil. Mm. There's Jimmy. Jimmy? Uh, Superfly? Oh, yeah, no, Jimmy should be on the list. Yeah, Jimmy's on the list. It, it, 
whatever Sabu's name is, real name or not. <laughs> oh, I know what his real name is. Please take a guess. Is it Steve? Because Steve would be amazing for Sabu. It's not. Oh. His name, and this is one of the most famously funny things of all time. His real name is Terry Brunk. Junior? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... B-R-U-N-K. Oh Terry a... Brunk. So, do we have to now come up with Terry 1 and Terry 2? And which one of the two Terrys? I guess Terry 1... There's well, a number so, one. So, so Terry one would have to be, would have to be Terry Funk. Terry two would be Balea because of the two letters he wrote on the side of the truck in WCW. Um, Among Terry other things. Three. So t <laughs> Funk, I, I don't necessarily need details, but Funk makes this list. Like, I, oh, I'm not no, not in no, greatest. Terry Funk's a fucking legend. He doesn't make the list like everyone else. He's no, no, no. Just, that's what I'm saying. One Terrence. Instead of instead, I'm just I'm just trying to freshen up the the podcast. Instead of saying the guy we can't talk about, we now uh, say Chris. We know who Chris is. Mm. We say Phil, because we know who Phil is. Yeah. But if we're gonna have Sabu on this list, and his name is Terry, mm. he's got to be Terry number two, because Terry number one. Well, no, because Terry number one probably deserves to be called Terry two. I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm I'm okay if that's the ground. I I'm bringing up the concept of not saying the guy we don't talk about anymore that we actually use their first names. Mm -hmm. That Terry two is yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. So Terry one currently Keep digging ourselves a hole here. Terry one currently is is Sabu. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> Do you have you, do you have history? I do. Now it's almost a shame of course cuz we you know we do the the day of the recording instead of the week of but if we did the week of between shows there'd be way too much to talk about. But today and again got a shout out tjrwrestling.net lovely resource for stuff like this. May 25th, the day we are recording this. A couple of a couple of things happened. 1994, Jeff Hardy makes his WWE debut at a taping in Erie, Pennsylvania, losing to the 1-2-3 Kid. Coincidentally, on the same show, Brian Lee was introduced as the fake Undertaker by Ted DiBiase. My question to you, how old was Jeff Hardy when he made his WWE oh, debut? Jesus. He was... He wasn't 18. I know he wasn't 18, and he should have been, right. like, based on legalities and everything like that, he should have been 18. I, for some reason, 16 pops out of my head. You got it. Yeah. yeah he was 16 years old in a match with Sean Waltman on television. Man, if there's anybody that you want carrying you as a 16-year-old in a professional wrestling match for the biggest, well, I guess at the time, it was kind of neck and neck, but, oh man, it's Sean Waltman <laughs> to teach me the ropes of... Of professional wrestling. On this day in 2002, two pretty, I mean, big things happened. Um, Chikara held its first ever show in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I don't know if you had any experiences with that promotion. Uh, I did. I went to shows. I watched as much of this promotion as I could uh, because it really was the, it was almost like, the the feeling I would get from watching this company, which was so like lucha heavy, but also designed to be, uh, I guess, apparently to the antithesis of 
what some people backstage were doing in terms of being scumbags. But it was just all about fun. It was all about fun. It was very family friendly. Um, and it was just such a, a breath of fresh air. And it almost to me, like now when I watch like Ted Lasso and just how wholesome of a show it is. When it's Chikara, not, in a, but in yeah. A sense, Chikara in a sense had that thought of like, ah, this is just wholesome fun themed around wrestling, but also that had some incredible goddamn matches in its day. We mentioned uh, Sean Waltman. He had a match against El Generico mm-hmm. one year. That it was in like 2010, 2011. It was awesome. You know who, so, so who that guy reminds me of? No, who? He's, he really reminds me of Sami Zayn. I was going to say Kevin Owens. Oh. Mm, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I loved that promotion deeply, and uh, it's it's a shame that uh, it kind of went out the way that it went out. But something that you might have thoughts on. In 2002, May 25th, WWF Confidential, I guess it would have been WWE Confidential, made its debut on TNN slash Spike TV. Mm-hmm. Do you have any memories of watching the show? Because I certainly do. I actually don't. Now, in, in saying that, like, I couldn't tell you any storylines that were furthered, uh, any stories that popped up. But what stands out for me was they actually found something for Mean Gene after yes. WCW, which and it wasn't it wasn't like a parading out like we you talked, you mentioned the, the Legends Night. The Legends Night is kind of a joke of itself. The Battle Royal was a joke of itself at, at uh, WrestleMania. Um, like they, they parade the legends out so terribly, uh, within the company that, and you kind of pointed it out. Like it's, it's almost cringeworthy to watch. So for them to actually have something worthwhile of substance for mean woo gene, my God, my God, um, was, was actually very very cool to see, but like I said, like I'm even trying to think. Like I, I can't. Th- nothing pops in my head of something of substance that furthered along any storylines or anything like that when it came to um, confidential. It was uh, it's a really interesting show at the time because they used it um, to. And it's funny because Wikipedia mentions like, oh, notable and typical features. Uh, they used it to talk about real life situations like the passing of Miss Elizabeth. They used it uh, to slander Stone Cold when he walked out in 2002. They used it uh, as a way to uh, kind of showcase like they follow. I want to say it was it was Matt Hardy that was on this, but. They used it to be like, hey, here's what life's like for these guys on the road and on this big overseas tour and stuff like that. Um, they used it to talk about Hardcore Holly going too far with Matt Capitelli on Tough Enough. I mean, it was one of their... I, I can't say one of their, because I bite this was out there as a, as a radio show online for a while. But it was one of their more first like mainstream behind the scenes type of shows before of course that just became the thing especially on the network so interesting i really enjoyed it what 
else do we have here? I was kind of looking forward to like the would you rather watch this pay-per-view or that pay-per-view. <laughs> that I don't was... know if we're going to have any this time. <laughs> there was. Okay, we'll see if you have memories of this. Mm-hmm. 2009, uh, WWE was supposed to have an episode of Raw from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Every time you say or, we're no. supposed to have an episode, I, I cringe a little bit because of... yeah. It was supposed to be in Denver. It took place in Los Angeles. Oh, yes, I remember this. The venue got double booked with game four of the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers. So the WWE had to move to L.A. on short notice. And Vince McMahon spent the entire show mocking the Denver Nuggets, including having a main event 10-man tag where the five-man team wearing Lakers jerseys won against the five-man team uh, wearing Nuggets jerseys. But that match is notable. I know why. Because... I know why. Kennedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this was Mr. Kennedy's last match in the company. His first match back since injuring his shoulder in August of 2008. So you're talking he was out from August to May. Comes back. Has an incident with Randy Orton. And what do you know? A few days later, he's gone from the company. Um. Talk about other great examples of dropping the ball with certain performers. Um, there's an entire history for Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. He's, he's in good shape, too. Like, if they wanted to, you're not going to get the run. You're not going to get the run that you should. he should have had with the money in the bank. He's the first one to lose the money in the bank before cashing in. Um, he's in... Uh, exceptional shape right now that I would love to see him get one more run. Next, oh God, next Raw in Green Bay. They're like, yeah, he's going to get a Carlito reaction. And it's just like, oh, uh, he's here. I think you'd get more of a Brian Christopher reaction. You'd have to bring him back at a rumble in a smart, heavy town. Yeah. I feel like he'd get a damn good reaction. Yeah, that's... Royal Rumble uh, was popping in my head, too. Like, he couldn't just show up on a random Raw wearing a ski mask and then he unveils to be Mr. Kennedy. Like, I I get the idea that there's too big of a window. And as much as people adore Impact TNA, um, like, nobody, nobody... it What he did there did not have a big enough, no pun intended, impact that he could just show up. Plus, he's been out like he's been out of the scene for a while too. So, but yeah, yeah I I liked the shtick. I liked his. I didn't mind his uh, his work in the ring. So, I'd love to see him get at least get his flowers, you know. And the last notable thing to talk about is actually AEW related. As on this Ooh. day four years ago in 2019, the first ever double or nothing event took place and I am going to list off this card (laughs) and you let me know if you would have any interest in going back and watching the show to see just how different this company is four years later. You know what? Just really quickly, what's popped in my head is we could actually do a whole show on all in finally. Mm, (laughs) We talk about the past and some current stuff, but yeah, let's do it. I mean, especially because you're going to have all in and all out. Later on this year, of course, one being in uh, London, Wembley Stadium. So the first ever double or nothing card, which um, God was this was their first pay-per-view. 
pay-per-view. It was their first ever pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Pre-show. Adam Page, Hangman, wins the Casino Battle Royale, last eliminating MJF. Those two have gone on to some bigger things. But mm. interesting that, hey, four years ago, here were guys that were spotlighting on a pre-show to get people to hopefully buy this. Right. And now we see where they are since. Yep. Former and current champion. And Kip Sabian defeats Sammy Guevara. And okay. my webcam disappears. You're good. You're good. Okay. I'm working on but, my yeah. next segment. <laughs> Kip Sabian defeats Sammy Guevara. Things have gone just a little bit different You're still for there. those two. You're still there. there over the last four years. Just a little bit different. Yeah, it's the, amazing. It's amazing, you know, what they saw in these guys four years ago and, and where they've... Yeah, and I mean, AJ, Kip Sabian... And I like his character-ish. Mm. I kind of liked it better when he had the bag on the head standing in the crowd. And But again, it was something that they should have done something with sooner and didn't do anything with. So, Opener. SoCal Uncensored. SCU. Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky beat Strong Hearts, a team coming over from Japan, of Shima, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. For you on paper, that won't do much. For me, I'm like, I'd like to watch that match again. <laughs> you know because what? Because I'm a nerd. I dug SCU uh, back in. Yeah, they were fun, man. They they had a really good uh, dynamic between the three of them. So, and obviously now Christopher Daniels more backstage stuff, kind of a feature on the rebranded ROH side of things. Kaz went back to Impact, and Scorpio Sky has been used in the advertisements for Collision. So we'll that'll be interesting. Be I was just gonna say it. I haven't seen him in a while, so. Yeah, he he was coming off of an injury. Like, he had the TNT title, and how he got it was a little bit messy, but... And how he gave it up, too. Because like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have like it that presentation, long. Presentation of him, I didn't think was that bad, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm. I, four women's match, a four-way women's match, as it's listed here. Britt Baker defeats Nyla Rose. Awesome Kong. And Kylie Ray. So I remember this. Awesome Kong was a surprise reveal for this match, which was cool as hell. Um, obviously, since though, like Britt Baker, she's still right there at the top of that division. Yep. Nyla Rose was a big part of the roster at the beginning uh, in the women's title hunt, but past couple years, uh, more so relegated to like that secondary role. Still one of the best follows on Twitter. Um, fucking hilarious. Nice. <laughs> one of my. Nice. One of my favorite moments in AEW is when she interrupted. A, someone was getting interviewed. I can't remember who it was. And she just runs into frame and just yells, surprise, bitch. And forearms are on the side of the head. It was like something out of a Chappelle show skit. I died and still do uh, to this day. Um, awesome Kong obviously didn't wrestle that much longer, but she was fantastic. And then Kylie Ray, who... Multiple different reasons uh, did not stick around uh, with AEW. She's kind of had like the, she's got all the promise in the world, but just doesn't have the desire or didn't have the. It's something. I don't even know at yeah, this point. So. Yeah, it's slightly <laughs> disappointing, but if she's taking care of herself, take care of yourself, right? Indeed. Uh, best friends, Chuck Taylor, Tremperetta beat Angelico and Jack Evans, which. And current AEW would never get 12 and a half minutes on pay-per-view. <laughs> but I, you know, I yep. see that match and I'm like, I'm sure that was a fun, solid match. I like all four, you know, people involved in it. But 
yeah, that would never see the light of day in terms of AEW pay-per-view anymore. It just would not. Um, they had a six-woman tag match. Hikaru Shida, who's still a very big part of their roster. Riho, who still makes appearances as well. And Rio Mizunami beating Aja Kong, which was also just kind of weird because she was at the end of her career. Emi Sakura and Yuka Sakazaki. So all of them, outside of Aja Kong, I believe, have made follow-up appearances. This is the match that you look at where it's just like, oh, okay, they are, like, to this day, they're just like, hey, if we want to showcase somebody, we're going to do it. Like, if we want to be like, here's Nick Gage and Chris Jericho, we're going to do it. Right. And I still, I like that they haven't, you know, stepped away from that idea. I, you know, the the name that popped up in that, that concept was Eddie Kingston. Didn't know about Eddie mm. Kingston beforehand, but when he came out and just started talking, even before he was through the tunnel, you knew he was going to be a star, given the mm. opportunity. Uh, that's the one thing you can absolutely give is... Like, who's the biggest star that WWE has created in the last 10 years? Roman Reigns. Okay. But, like, <laughs> and who else? Like, okay, I'll give you the shield. Mm. Like, they're, they always talk about who the next guy is going to grab that brass ring. But they're so terrible at creating new stars. Whereas, and you can make the argument, AEW has stolen stars from wwe that they didn't know what to do with and these guys didn't want to resign or anything but on the other side of it is you have mjf who we talked about earlier you have orange cassidy you ha and i get that they started somewhere else and became indie legends or whatever um but that's the one thing i really enjoy and wish they did more of even though they have been doing it like uh, bandito didn't really have a platform Killed it when he was there. I can't remember the guy who got Kenny Omega on TV. And uh, uh, Vikingo. Yeah, absolutely killed it. Given the opportunity on TV, doesn't have to be a pay-per-view like in this instance, but um, AEW just giving those opportunities has been one of the feathers in their cap in their, in their short existence. And then you get to the big three matches of the show. Cody versus Dustin Rhodes in mm. a 22-minute bloodbath classic what you want you want to segment people's careers that match in itself is hall of fame worthy for the both of them i mean it's tough to name a better dustin Rhodes match uh the backyard backlot brawl against <laughs> against pfeiffer mm. yeah all right i mean this was Arguably. this was like the match again you talk about the styles difference it was such an old school match and i think the match too where it established like oh yeah shit wwe should have put cody rhodes higher up on the card and then hey lo and behold eventually they did not too high on the card mind you um but high enough the bunkhouse brawl i think taps is referring to in the back trailer mm -hmm. of the yeah against uh noted former uh repo man and member of demolition barry darso the black top bully i would i would go one step further to the thought you were running with is i think this really put like you can talk about people's careers uh mick foley comes to mind if mick foley doesn't get thrown off the top of hell in the cell he doesn't win the title he doesn't become an absolute wrestling legend sweetheart anything like that he'll always be known as that mid-card guy who pulled his hair out i think this Probably. match put 
AEW on the map. This was the one that people were searching out for. I know that something else is coming down in this description that arguably was one of the biggest news stories uh, of the year in professional wrestling. But I, I think if they leave this match, they don't have the opportunity to run this match on this pay-per-view. It doesn't turn heads as far as what these guys, what AEW is trying to do. This, this really solidified them as a threat to WWE. The Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers in one of numerous classic tag matches that they have had. And then you capped it off with a match where the winner would face Hangman Adam Page to crown the first world champion at All Out a few months later, where Chris Jericho defeated Kenny Omega. And of course, Jericho would go on to beat Adam Page as well and become their first champion and enjoy a little bit of the bubbly. So then I'm a little confused. Wasn't this also the debut of uh, Mox? Or was that an all-in? That was on this show. Yes, it was. So yeah, that's what I was referencing. Was that was kind of one of the biggest stories of the year? Um, was Moxley pulling a, a for lack of a better term, uh, a Scott Hall? Just walks mm-hmm. out in the crowd, walks in. I remember Jericho turning around, looking at him, like trying to get a good look at him, and like, "What are you doing here?" And then Moxley doing his little, you know, shimmy shake, and then giving him, uh, you know, his, his finisher right there in the middle of the ring. I don't think he really did anything with with uh, Omega. Or did he take Omega no, over he, to the oh, chips? He, oh, yeah. He yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had his finisher on top of the, on the stage, on the, yes. uh, the stack of poker chips. Right. Okay, so that's, when you were talking about, when you said Jericho won and then had the, uh, the got the number one contender, basically. Um, yeah. That's where I was a little confused. I'm like, but I remember Jericho looking right at Moxley mm-hmm. and being like, what, why are you here or whatever? And I think right. he still, um, still hit him. And yeah. then that was the end of Jericho's, whatever he needed to do with the pay-per-view. And then he just focused his, his attention on Kenny Omega then. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So overall, uh, even just talking about it, I, again, would like to see them sign up with a a deal with Max so I can go back and watch the show relatively easily. That would be very fun. I think, I think they could do that. I wonder if they could, I'm, I'm just spitballing thinking out loud or whatever. I don't know the semantics, but I could almost see them running more of a, a ring of honor, uh, UFC kind of situation where they run it off their website or or something like that but i also understand the idea of you know having it on a fire stick or having it on the availability but i don't even like do they even have an on-demand service at this point no so i would say based on the discussion we had earlier in the podcast i would say that that's the biggest blunder is they don't have that yet an Mm on-demand service so that you could watch episodes that you could watch former pay-per-views versus having a channel of 24 hour. Uh, But I I could see that going pretty dry too, just because of how many pay-per-views they run and how many years they've been around that. I mean, somebody like you could probably run through that 
in months. <laughs> and I that's mean, that's I, not I'd a shot. That's just yeah, exactly. But would you I'd go enjoy back it a lot? Would you go back and watch them three or four times to make sure that you're um subscribed to it yearly? You know what I mean? Like sooner or later you're gonna run out of stuff to watch. Well, if again, if it was included as a part of like an HBO Max right. type of deal where it's like, well, I there's already stuff on Max that I wanna watch, for example, it's just like, oh cool. Instead of being like, oh, cool, well, this month I have Max, I'm going to watch what I want to watch, and I'm going to cancel it, go to Netflix again, and then switch back to Max in a couple of months, I'd probably just end up being tempted to keep Max the whole way through. That's fair. Yeah, I think the fact that they don't have anything set up right now with uh, with On Demand is, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say 20 minutes ago that they're too small to do it, but... If they could find a way to do an on-demand online service, like through their website, I think they should look into that and do that. But I don't think setting up with, uh, maybe you've maybe you've changed my mind with that concept of watching everything else and then jumping over to within a membership. With that, Tug, I know you've got your stream to get through. I want to wind up my stream. Where can people find you for said stream and other things? Everywhere at Toogie24. I hate that you say it that way. I hate it so much that you say it that way. Everywhere. But it is. Uh, I get it. Search it. You'll probably find me or someone who took the name and posed as me on some platform. It's easy. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, There's probably an OnlyFans that exists. Am I on it? I don't know. Subscribe to them to find out. You didn't jump on OnlyFans to, to squat your own name? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Maybe not the the best word to use huh, for OnlyFans. Uh, you can find no, me... No, I mean, that's the best to use <laughs> the word for OnlyFans. You can find me everywhere at as Crash Andrews, YouTube, uh, Twitch, except for this. Elon. Mm. Fix it. <laughs> uh, I'll never get rid of that underscore. No, the underscore is going to... That's got its own Hall of Fame career uh shout out to stinger the mascot of the columbus blue jackets who showed up at the extras uh and being the extra we leave the show uh the same way every time with again another guy who you could put two hall of fame careers with his work in wwe and wcw uh Mm -hmm. bobby the brain heenan are there any swamps in oklahoma Yes, there is. It's called Tulsa. Screw it, Tulsa. Suck on that. <laughs> he did. I added the the end. Bye, everybody. Oh.